On today's episode of Titus and Tate, they are the two best words in playoff basketball, Tate. <laughs> Luka Doncic. <laughs> I'm him. I thought it was uh, going to be I'm him. I think I think it's they're almost like synonyms at this point. I'm him and Luka Doncic. So it Chris, checks out. Paul is a fraud. <laughs> uh, oh, Danny man. H. I don't know. Are those the still two a fraud? Words? Yeah, I mean, but he was almost the Celtics executive this year to take them to the conference finals. Almost. He was. Almost. He was there in person as the Celtics uh, beat the Bucks, and and what a what a stinker of a couple game sevens these were. Especially after the billing, right? Because every single person I heard said the two best words in basketball, in sports, yes. game seven, and they both were total duds. So what Tate and I are going to talk about today, because I think at this point, if you are a consumer of basketball content, I, I imagine you got to be exhausted because the, 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 the reaction. How could you not be? Sevens, how could you not be? Oh, my God. Two of the worst. This has to be the, the biggest letdown of a game seven day in basketball mm-hmm. history. These two game sevens. Uh, so what, what I'm curious and what I want to talk about with you today is like the, the fallout of this is it's, it's staggering to me because we're, we're, we still have the conference finals to go. Like we have so much to go. Left. There's yes. still so much basketball, but what transpired on Sunday with these two stinker game sevens, um, it, it feels like we should almost, as a basketball community, hit, hit the hit the pause button for a month so we can talk about it and, yeah. and like digest who needs to blow what up, who needs mm-hmm. to be traded where. Utah, you're off the flipping? hook. Brooklyn, you're yeah. off the hook. Philly, who, you're off the hook. Who are the biggest frauds? Do I need to bring the fraud power rankings back? But at the That's, same time, like some I don't people are clamoring for it. Yeah. I don't want to work that hard, Tate. Like the fraud power rankings are supposed to be like seven nominees, and I whittle it down to five. There are mm-hmm. currently like four hundred fraud power yeah, I think nominees so. right now, at least. Um, so I want to talk to you about all that because it's it, it's been fascinating today. Uh, we're recording this Monday. Uh, it, it's four p.m. on the East Coast, one wherever the hell Tate is. Um, so it, we've had enough time to like watch people talk about it, watch Pat Beverly go on first take and just like shoot from the mm. hip and, and watch. <laughs> yeah. Listen he to said, he said the C and CP3 stands for cone. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about game sevens a little bit, maybe some, uh, some other uh, uh, look ahead to the conference finals and, and some other basketball thoughts, man, because I, I, I do have a lot of thoughts. I Can we call that. this the Luca special? Can this episode be the Luca special? Because I think that's how we're going to have to start this thing because I, I had think a lot of people, they, they were yeah. chirping and chiming in. They want to know about him. And uh, I think we have to give him his due. We have to, I, I, that's a great point. I think we're going to start this. Let's call this the Luca special. And we'll start off this episode <laughs> uh, explaining to people exactly who is this guy? Luca Doncic. <laughs> Where did he come from? What school did he play? I don't at? know if you've heard Titus, but he played road games with flares in the in the crowd. You know what I mean? So Wait, this what? game seven in Phoenix was nothing to him. All right, so there it is. Uh, the Lucas <laughs> special's coming up at first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, so let's start with the uh, the Mavs Suns, which I find surprising because the the, the Celtics Bucks series was the one that was the better series. Uh, For it was sure. the one that that the, every single game seemed to come down to the wire. We talked about it. We talked about the uh, the, the defensive intensity, the the fact that the Celtics seemed like the better team, but Giannis is is inevitable and and was um, incredible and and everything else. Yeah, that going going into that. Go, going into the game seven Sunday, that was the one that I had circled. Uh, I'm I'm currently traveling. I am. Uh, we can save this for later. Maybe I'm, I am uh, as, as I. You're as back I in your favorite city, right? You're back in New York. Back city. in my 
<laughs> back in the butthole of Manhattan, New York right now, as I speak. Um, but on Sunday I was in New York and, and I, uh, not in New York, famously not a great sports city, not a great yeah. sports city, not a lot. There's just not, <laughs> not a great scene. Famously. People don't care about sports. Yeah. Um, so it's Sunday and I, and I'm in the city and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where to watch a game. And I almost, uh, this is, this is when I wish I still was active on Twitter. Cause every so often I think of something to tweet that I find funny, but then I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to send it. Uh, I almost tweeted, does anybody know of a good bar in New York city? And then just hit send on it. <laughs> just to like see what the response would have been. Um, but as I was trying to find a, a place to watch the games, I was telling the people I was with because they weren't like super into you know, they're into sports, but like not like they were like, oh, is it the game sevens today? They're, they're that that kind of sports fan. Like, yeah. oh, watch it's game oh, seven, but like I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh, is, it, is that today? Yeah. Um, and I was explaining, I was like, well, honestly, the Bucks Celtics series is the one that I have to watch. Like, that's the one that's gonna be good. I think the Suns Mavericks game is gonna be a stinker. I just don't know which way. It's probably gonna be the Suns. They'll probably win by 20 or 30, but it's it's gonna be a stinker of a game. Um, it's the Bucks. Celtic series that that's the that's the game we have to watch so I did yeah. that I found the bar I found my little corner booth I was all set up uh first half was good but anyway the the, the point for this whole monologue Tate is that I I cannot believe that coming out of uh Boston wins um Giannis get the, the defending champs get sent home and yet coming out of the Sunday the game we're talking about the game everyone's talking about is the Mavericks Suns game because this was the most embarrassing, most d- despicable act of bat. Like, I, 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 I don't understand how we just got done watching the Heat and the the Sixers and the way the Sixers got eliminated. And like, I was, I, I my brain could not comprehend like a team giving such little effort as the season was coming to an end. Yeah. And then two days later, I turn on my television and and this is happening in front of me watching the Suns and the Mavericks. And uh, I guess that's my preamble is like, I, I can't believe that this is the game that we're talking about um, when it was, a, it was 40 point blowout the entire game. And, and the, the Bucks Celtics somehow got put on the back burner when it was a game seven in Boston against the, the, the defending champs. Yeah. And yet all anyone wants to talk about is how great Luke is. And Chris Paul is the biggest fraud on earth. Or is it Devin Booker? Or is it DeAndre? Or is it Monty Woods? Or is it, who's the biggest fraud on the Suns? I think you you summed it up well because we're talking about something we're so fascinated by because we watched the best team in basketball all season quit. We we watched the team yeah. that was supposed to go and win this championship because last year they were up 2-0 and this is their redemption time and they had all the pieces. They had, they had addressed everything in the offseason. They had the coach of the year. They had the quote-unquote point guard. They had Devin Booker who could score with the best of them. They had everything. They had the recipe to, to run it back and make it happen. And I think the thing that really is shocking to every single person this morning and as they watched was that they quit. You know what I mean? And Steve Kerr said, you know, broke the code and that became a, a meme that was all over the place. And it was about the Dylan Brooks foul. But it, I think what's happening in basketball right now is that and the reason why it's so jarring is that the code of <laughs> of the game itself and the spirit of competition is being broken because, like you said, Philadelphia quit like we watched them quit live. The we Warriors watched, quit in Memphis. Exactly. We watched the Warriors quit in Memphis. We watched in a game seven on the biggest stage in basketball where legacies are built and, you know, it's the best words in basketball. Game seven, this is where you come and write your story. They quit. And they quit, I mean, in in domino fashion because I, I watched who quit first. DeAndre Ayton quit first. I watched him quit. <laughs> and I could not believe that he quit. And Monty Williams, I mean, good on him. He, he took him out of the game. He was like, okay, you're going to quit. You're out of the game. But then once he quit, Chris Paul quit. And then when Chris Paul quit, <laughs> Devin Booker quit. 
And I will say this. I think there were four guys on the Suns that I that I think did not quit. Mikel Bridges did not quit. Cam Johnson did not quit. I mean, he probably should have with Luka Doncic, what he was doing to him. I probably would have quit. He didn't quit. JaVale McGee didn't quit. And Bisbeck mm-hmm. Biombo didn't quit. But every single person on the Suns outside of that that got playing time, they had a defeated, I, I am quitting. You know what I mean? And then the holiday play at the end of the game where he goes and steals the ball against Boban and like takes the three. I mean, that that was like, what are we doing here? This this feels like a regular season. We'll get you back in a week or in a month when you, we see you later. But this was game seven. Game and you seven. Quit. And you quit. I, and I think I, that's why we're all freaking out because I didn't even I didn't even think that was a possible like I didn't even think that was a, a choice that could be made in a game right. seven. I didn't think you could just quit. And, and DeAndre yeah. Ayton quit and he was the first one, and when he quit, I could not believe it. And I understand the guy didn't get a max that he wanted. I understand there were business in- implications. I understand he's going to be a free agent. All of that is separate from the spirit of competition in the game in front of you. You quit in a game seven. That is that is something I will remember about DeAndre Ayton for a long time. He's a number one pick. He got picked before Luka Doncic, and I remember him quitting against Buffalo, and I remember yep, him quitting I was say, against the Dallas Mavericks. The Buffalo game was – is I, I was watching this unfold, and I was like, oh, this – this We've is giving me Buffalo before. vibes. Yeah, yeah. Where's Nate Oates? <laughs> Get some Buffalo vibes out of it. You're absolutely right. I, my algorithm that I built for the NBA playoffs certainly did not have quitting as an option. In, I didn't in think it was seven. an option. No. I, no, when I, when I, 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 I didn't think it was an option in the game six, but Philadelphia, I kind of like wiped it away because I'm like, Joel's hurt. You know, James Harden is obviously on to the offseason. So like them, them quitting, I almost gave a bit of a pass. Ben Simmons quit last year. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what is what is the world that we're living in where, like, that is a choice and an option? Because I had never lived in a world where it was before, but I guess here we I, are. Yeah, and and I and for me, it, it what's especially confusing is I want to blame it all on the Zoomers because that's that's where I'm at as a as a guy <laughs> yeah, as, I, exactly. as I age in this society. I want to blame yes. every uh, blame the youth. Every, that's what people do. <laughs> every societal shift, I want to be like, that's obviously the Zoomers. Those guys, those those kids are idiots, and and they're leading us down a dark path. But to have Chris Paul be the the face of maybe not the face maybe Devin Booker is the face of the Suns but he, no. he's the undisputed yeah. leader. Chris he's is the, the point, face of the Sun. Face he's the, the sun. quote unquote point god, and and to have him, I, I I my mind can't even comprehend it. Like I I really do. I listen. I I understand people that follow the playoffs and, and follow the NBA and 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 know the uh, the the they're they're always up on their memes. Tate the 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 NBA mm-hmm. Twitter people the uh the the people that know. Uh, who you can rely on in the playoffs and who you can't, who's a choke <laughs> artist and who's not and all that stuff. Yeah. And I understand that for a lot of people watching Chris Paul lose by 74 points in a game seven, when he has the the best team in, in basketball, they said, this isn't a surprise. We've seen this before. This is Chris <laughs> Paul failing in the playoffs yet again. We have not seen this before. This no. was like, a this was another, le- this is what was another three levels up from what I, I, I could even comprehend. Like, like you said, man, like if, if, if you went into this and you asked me what are the possible outcomes, the Phoenix Suns being down by fifty at one point, did it ever get to fifty? It was knocking on the door of fifty. It, I don't. I don't know. I I, I went to hockey. <laughs> I couldn't I even do the hockey. math, dude. Like I, I went to the was, Rangers game. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. It was so bad that like I had to bust out my calculator as I was watching it, like trying to <laughs> count it on my. How fingers. many shots like, do they need to get back in this game? A hundred and seven minus forty six is what? Is that sixty one or fifty one? That's, that's sixty. They're down sixty one. <laughs> it was, it, it was incredible, and it was um, disgraceful, is what it was. Like it, it was a disgraceful effort, and I and I don't put it on Monty Williams, the coach of the year. So, I know a lot of people after the game, they're like, 
that like you got to say something about Monty in this, and maybe everybody's at fault at some level. But I watched their starting center quit. But that, but that's in like, game that, seven. That, that's what my my question is because it feels like there's been um, like everyone there's such a rush to bury Chris Paul, and I understand it, and and I am not defending Chris Paul. What I what I I just don't think that like. You you point to this game and you say, see, it's like I said all along, Chris Paul can't get it done in the play. Like this, th- this was not that. You know, what I mean? no. like, this was like something completely beyond no, that th- realm. Th- of this like- was this was a like the team and the talent of the Phoenix Suns. We have seen them be the best team in basketball. Something happened that broke the team. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like th- yeah. this was this was something that was beyond. And and we talked about it in the last episode. And I talked about you know Dwayne Wade and LeBron James doing the whole you know coughing and making fun of Dirk. We have to work this all the way back into the psyche of Jason Kidd and Jason Kidd amongst Chris Paul, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, mm-hmm. that group of players. The he these are these guys are sixth graders and Jason Kidd is the eighth grader, right? And when the sixth graders are hanging out with the fifth graders and the fourth graders and the third graders, they're the big men on campus. They tell everybody what to do. They're not afraid of anybody. But Chris Paul and Jason Kidd, that is a big brother, little brother relationship. And Jason Kidd is the real point guard. You know what I mean? And guess what happened the last time that they were making fun of the Mavericks in 2011? Jason Kidd was on that Mavericks team and they in Dirk took mm-hmm. those guys out and they and they basically took over the series and dominated it from a, a gamesmanship perspective and Chris Paul his number one go-to calling card when you ask people what his number one trait is they'll probably say his gamesmanship you know what I mean yeah and guess who has better gamesmanship Jason Kidd this is a guy that got someone to run into him with a cup of ice you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> this man is the king of gamesmanship you know what I mean and the fact that Jason Kidd has that kind of you know, influence or that kind of whatever over Chris Paul and those guys know it. And that's why LeBron James wanted, you know, to have Jason Kidd on staff with the Lakers because he feels like he has an ace up his sleeve by having him there. Jason Kidd is the reason why LeBron James and all these guys did so well with Team USA. He was Nike's secret guy. They were like, Jason Kidd's the only one these guys listen to. So he's really their OG. And he (laughs) put it on full display with Luka as his avatar out on the court. But how? Because... The Suns, we, we, I, pride, I, <laughs> pride is the devil, Titus. And when you think that you have it figured out like they did in game two and they're laughing about it and you're like, we're yeah. going to go at Luca all series and we got it figured out. And then the fact that Jason Kidd himself says, you know what would be interesting? What if we made Chris Paul work like they're making Luca work? And that was yeah. the rest of the series. The rest of the series was attacking Chris Paul like the same way that they were attacking Luca, and that was the irony of it all. And that's why Pat Beverly goes on TV and it's like the move that they should have made was to bench Chris Paul. Well, there was a reason for that. They're attacking him. If you take him out of the game and put him on the bench, they can't attack him anymore, and maybe that helps a little bit. And that's why we're all talking in circles right now because it's quote-unquote Chris Paul's fault, but really it was a great strategy on the Mavericks to say, okay, you think it's funny that you're going after our guy? We're going to go after your guy, and we're going to make him work. And guess what? He's 37. It was great. It was great I, to watch from that perspective. I hear what you're saying, and I it, it and it makes sense in in some way. It, it it doesn't fill in all the gaps. You know what I mean? Like no, it, no. it puts to me quit, down the right quit, road. The to quit, it, there's no gaps to fill in. I don't know how you get there. I th- that's what I can't wrap my mind around because like what, everything you said puts me on the right road to like go find a solution as to how this all happened. And then again, there are probably people listening who are like, dude, the solution's Luka Doncic. He was incredible. He was the best player on the floor. He was. He was. He was. He very much was. This was. This was something different altogether. Like this was, I. This was quitting. <laughs> like this like was... Chris Paul turned. Like if you told me Chris Paul like had like a midlife crisis when he turned thirty seven and it it just broke him and now he can't 
think of anything else because someone told him <laughs> like the hearing the number 37 just felt so much older than 36 to him. And it just broke him and he, and he, he forgot how to play basketball or something. If you would have told me that the, the, the age old, uh, isn't this a bill thing that every, every internal fight with basketball teams is over gambling or women. Um, if you yeah. would have told me something like that happened, like somebody slept with someone's girlfriend. Well, that's what wife. I texted you during the game. I was like, who did Jay Crowder sleep with? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, <laughs> what is going on with this team? I mean, like, th- those those are solutions that make far more sense than simply... Basketball. Than yeah. simply the Dallas Mavericks decided to go at Chris Paul. So the Phoenix Suns, who almost won an NBA title last year, ran it back, were the best team in basketball. Because the Mavericks made one adjustment, they just folded like a house of cards. Like, that doesn't... Yeah, that doesn't register. The, and, and and in that way, like even even if the Suns lose this, lose this series, even if they lose a game seven, I, it, how they lost a game seven does not compute. It doesn't compute that at no point in time did anybody have any sort of fight in them, um, both figuratively or literally. Like that that, that yeah. a fight didn't break out. That that uh, you know, like that's the in the Phoenix Suns, their whole calling card this entire season was how great of a team that they are. You know what I mean? They work out after the games. JaVale McGee, they do the whole like, you know, dog pound thing before they go into games. I mean, Monty Williams is the players coach of all players coaches. You know what I mean? This is this has all been the 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 kind of, you know, impetus for what the Suns are, which is like this great team. And that's then the why- fact that the team folded individually and we watched I watched I watched their the difference in the series was that they had a star center a guy inside who could dominate in DeAndre Ayton the Mavericks had no one to match that and DeAndre Ayton quit and when he quit the 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 house of cards collapsed and I don't I didn't even think like we said I I just I I have to talk about it because I still can't believe it happened. I rewatched the game last night because I wanted to see where it all kind of broke down, you know, on TNT. This guy wasn't even closing out. This guy wasn't even trying to get a re- I mean, But he, but how how do we get there with that? How does this- I don't know. I don't know if it's the contract. I don't know if it's something personal, but he was done. And then he didn't talk to the press after the game. He was like I'm not doing media. So he that that confirms what I was watching, which is I'm done. I've never in my life seen a series flip on its head in, in such a way that, that that after game two, um, the 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 prevailing thought was that Luca has no help. Yes. Can, can well one other all he needs is one other guy to step up. That's yeah. it. Can, Jalen can get, Brunson was getting crushed. They were saying yeah. that they were calling him Luca and the others. Like he Jaylen, was LeBron and the Cavs. Yeah. Jalen Brunson, it was cute what he did against the Jazz, but the Jazz <laughs> perimeter defenders aren't that great. And now that he's up against real uh length on the perimeter, guys like Mikhail Bridges, guys like Jay Crowder, who who Yeah, he's you, not doing this against Jay he, Crowder. He's not gonna do that Bridges. against it. Yeah. Devin Booker, like he can't he's not gonna be able to get his shots off and get to his spots on the floor against these guys. It's simply not going to happen. Uh Luca's doing all he can, but he has no help. The Suns are hungry, like yeah, I th- that's what I, I I like as as a guy who's not plugged into the NBA as much as as we obviously are with college. Um, I, I watched that last night. I was watching all the reactions. I've been listening to as many podcasts as I can and watching shows and everything. And I wish at some point there there'd be like a like an actual <laughs> investigation into the disaster. You know, like you know, when like something goes horrible. No, like I, cha- I, I think like a there Challenger will be... explosion, and then they like take all the like all the scientists and all the government officials yeah. get together and they like really analyze the tapes and try to figure out like what the hell happened. I wish like, I don't want to tell people to stop doing the memes because memes are funny and pilot on Chris Paul's funny and pointing out that Devin Booker uh, quit. And, and, and then the clip that uh, I saw Dan 
Big Cat uh, resurfaced on the uh, put it back in my face was the uh, um, the one where he was playing pickup and and Joe Kim Noah called him out because he gets trapped yeah. and then yeah Devin he was Booker's getting double like, teamed he's like we yeah, doubling and pickup what up? the hell you know yeah, and, yeah. and he just has that that's always mindset. been the knock on Devin by the way that when yes. you get physical with him that he does not like it and that is exactly what Dallas did yes I, I I'm I'm game for all of that but at some point I hope somebody like really actually provides an answer that comes close to making sense to me as to how we're gonna get. We're going to get, because Chris Paul, I, look, this is reckless speculation. I'm going to go ahead and put a preface on that. But I promise you, because Chris Paul has already put out that his quad was injured, right? They're going <laughs> <laughs> to get ahead of this. And I think that, I mean, they're, they're, in every one of these types of situations, right, we're going to have to have a fall guy. I mean, the fall guy is going to be DeAndre Ayton. And I think that something must have happened between those two and Ayton. Obviously, those are the leaders of the team. They're kind of, you know, uh, a one-two punch then, you know, of themselves, right? Him and Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Chris Paul are. But Ayton was the third guy. Obviously, he thinks that he should be higher in the pecking order, and he quit on them. And that is insane to me. And I, and I, for the team to be the best team in basketball, to have a great coach, to have a great leader, to have some great personalities in the locker room, the fact that Luca, Jason Kidd, and, you know, the Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney Smith, all those guys, Maxi Kleba, all of them, the fact that they got this team to that point where they physically folded and mentally folded, one, you have to give them a lot of credit, but two, there had to be other, like you said, there has to be something else. That is that has pushed them to the edge because they were nowhere close to the edge a week ago. I mean, yeah. how, how much how much did things change in a week, and how how much could they have changed, or was a lot of this stuff bubbling under the surface? And a lot of times, when you get pushed and you've had these things bubbling and you haven't talked about them, and and you you revert to your worst tendencies because that's what it looked like in this game. Booker reverted to his worst isolation loser basketball tendencies. Chris Paul reverted to his worst like bad attitude, I don't want to be here tendencies. And yeah. DeAndre Ayton reverted to his worst, I don't want to be here tendencies. And those are your three best players. And Cam Johnson was their leading scorer, the sixth man. How is that possible in a game seven in any world? You know, that makes no sense. Uh, seven shots for Devin Booker. I, uh, I would rather him go over 25 than go over seven. <laughs> Remember, remember when Duke? Uh, I, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if this, uh, this is, is a memory that you have, but I, I certainly do. From this past season, when the North Carolina Tar Heels played at Duke, and it was Mike Shashevsky's final game. You remember that game? I right? do remember that game. Yes. Um, Thank you for reminding me of that game. <laughs> and, then, and Duke threw the parade for Mike Shashevsky, and then lost. Uh, I, I remember you saying to me after that off air, maybe maybe on air. I who the hell knows, who knows? that whole that whole that whole period of time was a blur. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get crushed for yelling we were, that DeAndre Ayton quit in this podcast, but at the yeah. same time, I watched. No, it. you 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 had the <laughs> attitude of like me with Jawan Howard, where Jawan Howard struck a man. Like I can't make this any clearer. John, that was you with DeAndre. Ayton. He quit. He quit right in front of my face. He quit. Um, but I I remember after Duke lost at home, you at one point you said to me that these names on this Duke team should, should will live on forever. Like you, you cannot <laughs> let these guys <laughs> like, this is the first thing I'll think about when I think of Paolo Bencaro, Mark Williams, yes, Trevor course. Keels, AJ yes, Griffin, yes. Wendell Moore. Yes. Theo John, you name it. If, if you name a guy, Michael like, Savarino, if you name Michael, it, I remember. Tay said something to me like, like you'll, you can name former Duke players in 50 years. And I can, I will be able to remember which guys were on that team and which ones weren't. Of because course. like this will be this this stench will live with them for the rest of their lives. With the as long as they live, they will have to wear this. That's how I feel about this Suns team. Like I feel Agreed. like 
I feel like every single one of these guys, even the guys you said that played well, even the guys that you said were were still giving effort, you know, shout out to JaVel McGee. You did all you could, but you went down with the ship and you have to wear the stench for the rest of your career. Yeah. So that's what's fascinating to me is like, I don't know where, uh, you know, talking about the, the playoffs is, is, is a, is an exercise in overreaction. We, we understand that we, the, this series is the greatest example of this. So let's put a bow on this series by saying another overreaction, which is, I think this has to live with these guys. And I don't know where any of them go from here. Like, I don't know if Devin yeah. Booker can outrun this stench of, fully like he could win a few titles and and play his way into the hall of fame and have a great career there will always for the rest of his life be the yeah but remember like, in the same way lebron it follows lebron yeah it follows lebron when when jj Barea quote unquote locked him up that game like like you have a stinker like this the the internet is ruthless basketball <laughs> fans are ruthless. if, you, if you're devin booker you're just hoping that you're Dwayne wade in the situation which is like basically once once time continues to wear on more of the conversation is about lebron making fun of dirk as opposed you know what i mean yeah. like people are gonna be like chris paul laughed chris paul, at luca yeah. and then yeah. luca but the worst thing that booker did and i go back to pride is the devil but the the fact in game five the guy goes you know and makes his flop and you know and then goes the luca special and then and then has the guy come and blow you out in your game seven after you do that. That is what is so jarring and to me. Cackle in your face, Tate. To, to, the, the most disrespectful. <laughs> and, and you started it. You know what I mean? Like that's the craziest part. It'd be one thing if like you didn't want any of that, and then he's laughing in your face. You're like that kind of that guy's kind of a jerk. But like when you give him free reign to do that, and you say like basically I want you to try to bring this smoke into my house, and then he lights your house on fire, and he's laughing the whole time. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? All I could do was tip my cap because I'm like, and then Luca after the game, they're like, "Did you know that you had 27 points the same as the Suns at halftime?" He's like, "Yeah, I did. Yeah, absolutely, I did." <laughs> I was yes. like, "Great." It's like, what do you think I was talking to them about the whole <laughs> yeah, game? He's like, "What was I saying to them?" I was saying uh, that. So walk me through this because uh, the haters are. We can talk about this in a second, I guess. Mm. But this is a. I, I feel like the haters are going stronger by the day. With, yeah, with where we found ourselves as an NBA community with uh, the the. The the Celtics winning, the Luca's winning, the Heat like the the, the, yeah. the only way you can stop Luca, the Luca media machine and the Celtics media machine is you have to turn to quote unquote heat culture, which like is might might be worse. Uh, it might if, be you, worse if, than, if you really dig yeah. into it, it might be worse. Like it I, might be I, worse. I'm pulling for the Heat because we, we love Duncan, friend of the program, but at the same time, we don't have great options here. <laughs> Meanwhile, the the Warriors, who I think their their time in the sun is like the the darlings of the NBA and, and being likable, has come and gone. And um, you know, they're I don't a, get... they're the dynasty team. I mean, they're the ones that like if you're the casual fan, you probably are pulling against them. I think because yeah. you know they've been here before, so you're like get, pulling for the upstart. I don't want to get canceled by the uh, the JJ Reddick fans out there, but <laughs> like Draymond has. I, I still like Draymond, but if you told me that, like, like it, 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 anytime an athlete's outspoken and anytime an athlete is in your mm -hmm. face with his personality, there's an expiration date on that as a, as a consuming public that, like, it, it is no longer, um, you're no longer saying, like, this is fresh and innovative and fun and it's cool to have a guy that, that says what's up. At a certain point, you're like, all right, I've seen this, I've seen enough of this. I don't need the Draymond Green experience <laughs> anymore. I don't know if I'm there yet, yeah. but, like, I, I actually do think that that the Warriors as a whole, with Draymond leading the charge in terms of the personality part of it, I don't think they're as likable as they think they are. I think in their minds, they're like, Jordan Poole is likable. Who doesn't love Steph? Draymond just plays with passion and just says what's on his mind. What's wrong with that? 
I don't think the Warriors are, are a team that America's turning to saying like, please save us from. Yeah. You know, like I, the, team, I, the, the I, team that's going to save everybody is the Mavericks. That's where we've arrived. I, I was going to say, I think the most applicable team for like quote unquote America's team that people jump on is the Mavericks just because they are the most underdog of them all. And you have the, we, I mean, Dirk and Luca, you have all these comparisons and, you know, Dirk was the first Euro guy to come over here and dominate and be a face of a franchise. And Luca's literally fought like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre status. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. how is this so perfect? But still, still, even with that, there's still the Luca media part of it that you're like can be distasteful and turn you off. So, like any way you look in the four corners of what we have left, there's some sort of negative. <laughs> like that can there's, come out of yeah, it. and I guess I guess maybe that's uh, maybe that's where I need to just grow up and and get to a point where I got to stop blaming. Uh, I I got to stop holding against Luca that that people just go bananas for him at a level that you know i I had to have that conversation with myself about Jokic. you know what i mean i really really like Jokic, and i and i've always liked Jokic. but as time is worn on with the mvp and you know what i mean you you almost start taking it out on the player and it has nothing to do with them and then i have to remove myself and say Jokic isn't the one putting out these (laughs) these press so help me through this when and 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 digesting the uh the the maverick suns this is this is what i was going to say the haters okay. are this is uh the haters are are in a good spot i would say because like the for for me this is this is not a great final four i'm not happy yeah. with this final four i need some more fun i don't know if the suns would have saved i think i'm really just upset about the bucks i think the bucks were the one team that i i looked at and i was like that's a team that i could root for and not feel bad whatsoever about it yeah maybe, maybe in- grayson allen but no i will say grayson allen ruined um everything yeah. yeah, he he is officially like the worst person in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> biggest biggest douche in the universe, Grayson Allen. So, uh, what should I what should I be more on guard about? Which which tweets should I start deleting first? The uh, <laughs> the ones where I argued the entire 2018 season that Mikael Bridges was better than uh, Jalen Brunson, <laughs> and that Jalen Brunson winning National Player of the Year was a joke because he wasn't even the best player on his own team. Yeah, and then in this series, in Game Seven. <laughs> Mikael Bridges goes three for eleven. <laughs> As Jalen yeah, Brunson has twenty-four I think the, points. I think, I think wipe those. Let's wipe those podcasts. Do I do that or do I go with the Luca, um, where I was making all the jokes about how Luca was playing against a bunch of dudes that smoke cigarettes <laughs> at halftime, and um, and I, I, I actually think it's it might be Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson. I think those. Are the I ones. think it is. I don't feel I, bad about the Luca. The Luca stuff's still funny. Luca will always be funny to me. I mean, let's be honest. Luca's still going to the hookah lounge. You know what I mean? Like. He's yeah. still- <laughs> He's still doing all these things that we've all been joking about, but he just happens to be winning. Too, I'll, ne- I'll never. I, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> even even if I tap my chest and say I was, was probably too harsh on the, the, the like the people who said Luke was going to be good, deserve to take a victory lap, all that. Um, I also know that next year's draft when who's who's this French kid, Victor him him Bayama Wimbayama. Yeah, he's next year. He's next year. Victor Wimbayama Wimbayama. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, coming next that year. guy. Um, <laughs> when it happens again next year, I'm going to do the exact same thing to like have all of these people that are saying like I I watched this film and broke it. Like in, unless you're doing this for a living, there's a zero point zero point zero point zero percent chance mm-hmm. that you've watched a single second of any one game that this man has played in, and you're gonna have takes going into the draft about how. <laughs> the Rockets should do this because he's a franchise guy that can bring this, this, and this. Um, I will say, I think the Hornets uh, franchise guy, I want to get ahead of this, Nikola Jovic. 
That's my guy, Nikola Jovic. <sighs> Not Jovic, Jovic. <laughs> Nikola Jovic, that's my guy. I, I have been scouting him for the past six years on the European circuit. <laughs> I, I'm very excited yes. to see him uh, with the Hornets. Lottery guy for me. <laughs> have you really been watching? Have you been watching I do a, like Jovic. I watch some highlights. I mean, I haven't been watching for six years, but I, I do like Jovic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I I don't know what to. I don't know what to to make of all that. Like this, the, that's what's fascinating to me is just to watch people that that do this for a living really delete like, their the, tweets and it, and change the entire course of their narratives. I mean, that's why I do give kudos. I was watching Stephen A. this morning. I do respect the fact that he said Warriors in December, and he like continues to be like, I I can't back down from the Warriors. But, why, but, but let me why, tell you why I don't like the Warriors. <laughs> Why is the NBA the, the NBA is is this way more so than any other sport that that there a playoff game hits zeros on the clock and there is a rush to defend your take yes. or gloat about your take. If you were wrong, if you said the Suns were going to win this series, you then have to like rush to be like 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 it's not enough to just be like, dude, I thought the Suns were gonna win. This is crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do that. You like, have I to completely the, you have to completely, yeah. Like, wow, I'm surprised. I thought the I thought the Suns, you know, like the Suns to me were the best team in basketball, but kudos to the Mavs, man. They uh <laughs> they showed up when they needed to and won the game. Like you can't do that. You have to be like, now hang on a second. There's clearly now, Chris yeah. Paul limped out of his press conference. Quad in- injury. They were uh, coughing. Um, yeah. DeAndre Ain quit. Yeah. <laughs> And then meanwhile, if you, if, you know, if you're right, like you have to like, I, I, you know, like that's, that's no, been, Nick Wright pulled up, like he quote tweeted, he had tweeted out two and a half years ago saying that Luca was a top three player in the NBA. He quote tweeted that tweet from two. Well, I don't know how he found the tweet from two and a half years ago, but he quote tweeted that and just said two and a half years ago, dot, dot, dot. But like you said, <laughs> that, that is the world that we live in. And you're like, cool, man. <laughs> but like two and a half years ago, he was definitely not a top three player. He was not a league. top three player. Yeah. He wasn't even close to a top three player two and a half years ago. Then to, to be completely honest with you, this is this is shocking. This is gonna uh, be insane for me to say. I don't know if Luke is necessarily a top three player right now. He's not. I mean, the top three right now, I mean, to be in my opinion, is Giannis. I mean, Embiid is going to be in there over him because he's an MVP this year, and then Jokic, and then it's probably Luka, and then Durant. That's probably your top five right now in the NBA. Yeah, and Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> Tatum is great, though. I mean, I, I have to, I have to give respect where it's due. Like the guy has really stepped up as an actual basketball player because he used to just be an isolation artist. He still is just an isolation artist, but he has developed his game and he does play some defense. I give him his credit. Quick break to talk about our friends at Roback. Oh my God, I, I love Roback so much. It has become a staple in my wardrobe, Tate. I'm literally wearing the hoodie they sent us. They sent, they sent us a couple of hoodies. I just go back and forth uh, wearing these things. It is. Uh, I, I, I need to get more of more from them. They're, they're incredible. They are the best hoodies. They are, they are perfect for springtime. It is the kind of hoodie you throw on. And, and this, is, this is for all the, the, the guys in the Midwest. We have a lot of listeners in the Midwest, Tate. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you guys right now. But no disrespect to the... Uh, the listeners all over the world, but I'm speaking specifically to the Midwesterners who love wearing a hoodie with mesh shorts. And that's your look. That's what you, th- there are a lot of guys like that. I was one of those guys when I lived in the Midwest state, that is the uniform. You see, you see a dude wearing a hoodie with shorts. He's probably from like Iowa or Illinois. Probably. I'm speaking to you guys. Believe me when I say this, the rowback hoodie is the best hoodie for this time of year. When you're throwing it on for this, uh, it, if it's, if it's a little chilly, it's perfect. It is, it'll keep you, it'll keep you warm, but it's a little toasty. 
also not bad because the rowback the 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 hoodies are so lightweight that even if you're a little toasty, you can just roll the sleeves up a little bit and bam, you're 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 better off for it and you're you're feeling fine. I absolutely love these hoodies. Also performance Q-zips, also performance polos. Roback makes incredible stuff. Best fit, best feel. Go use code Titus on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first purchase through the end of the week. Spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% off all polos, quarter zips, and hoodies with code Titus. Make sure to jump on newly dropped performance polos just in time for the summer. Roback.com, promo code Titus, 20% off. Go do it now. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other private eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash Titus and use promo code Titus and claim 70% of your savings. That's IPVanish.com slash Titus. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. After all, who doesn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all things in your life, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condos, or renters' coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save today. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful like cash back match. For instance, Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Back to Titus and Tate. Can we talk about that game seven a little bit? Yeah, Watching please. Grant Williams, um, who <laughs> I had said earlier in the series, that I, w- I was impressed that Grant Williams wasn't flopping every single time that, that Giannis was chesting him because... Uh, and then he did every single time. Because that was the old Grant Williams I, I knew and loved in Tennessee. He would just flop like a fish out there. And then he did in game seven. I was like, that's the Grant Williams. <laughs> the the sequence where Grant Williams uh, takes his shot, I think it was Giannis. It doesn't matter. But he gets he gets hit in the face. He falls down. He's uh, it's it's a live ball because the Bucks score the. Basket. No, he's running no... over to the official. I remember exactly what you're talking about. He's yeah. running over to the official, covering his eye. He's, he's like thinking about eye. if he's going to take a fall. He's like, should I fall down to get attention? I I believed in that moment that Grant Williams, his career might be over. Like he's never going to be able to see again. <laughs> he's got one working eye. His other eye was clearly hanging on by a thread. Like, oh my god, N- never mind basketball, Tate. This is bigger than basketball. This man's <laughs> life could be impacted forever. Um, with this eye injury that he sustained. Oh, the ball's coming. Swing it to me. Swing it to me. <laughs> Catch wide open. Splash. And then he sticks the threes out. <laughs> like, got him. I was laughing so hard, dude. I mean, the that was like fact- the very next possession. He catches the ball. He's open. He's like, I'll shoot it. And he hits it. 
I was like, how could your eye be that screwed up? And then, no, and then you're uh, right. I thought his eye, I thought the eyeball was in his hand. Like, like his yeah, left was, eyeball was in his hand and he was holding it. Remember when, uh, remember when LeBron <laughs> did something similar and he said, I just shot at the middle basket? When, 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 when was that? When he, uh, I remember like, that I quote, see. but I can't remember. Yeah. Like, I, could, I couldn't see anything. I, I just, I, I, I saw three baskets that I shot at the middle one and went in. I was like, shut up, dude. <laughs> shut up. How uh, how upset is Coach K watching this series, thinking to himself that Marcus Smart and Grant Williams did not play at Duke? I mean, they are the most Duke basketball players I've ever watched in the NBA. I think that's Coach K's greatest legacy is this Boston Celtics team. Honestly, the way Help that they're out. able to finesse a game is, is pretty impressive. Why do I not mind that Grant Williams does it, but I hate Marcus? Like, why do I like Grant Williams but hate Marcus <clears> Smart? <throat> I can't figure that out. I've I've really tried to to sit with that and really think about it. And that was that way in college too. Like when Grant Williams yeah. was at Tennessee, I would. I don't I, know. Grant I, does it in a classier fashion, I guess. But they're really <laughs> the same. They're they're the same animal, but different beasts. You know what I mean? Like they they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it differently. Grant Williams feels like the guy that sits in the front of class is like gonna make straight A's, is gonna do everything the teacher asks, but he's also gonna do those you know games. I'll call it gamesmanship. Like he's gonna do those things that you're like, wow, this guy literally just fell right over so we had the the fact that mike budenholzer had to get a challenge for one of those charges where grant williams obviously just <laughs> took a spill i mean and you had to challenge it like that is insane to me but on another level it's so good that you have to respect it you know what i mean that was all that's always the thing when people ask me about duke basketball it's like yes it's gross disgusting i can never be a part of you know competing that way but damn i mean you got to respect that it works like that's the thing with Marcus Smart. I I have, I would never want to play with that guy on my team. I would never want to play or have anyone related to me play the game that way. But <laughs> but damn, do I respect that it works and, and he continues to get it to work and they do compete. You know what I mean? No matter what, if they get the call or not, like you said with Grant Williams, he does the whole show. He's covering his eye, but then the ball swings around and he's back up. He's, he's playing. Ready. He's and ready. I think that I respect that. That like yeah, it's just gamesmanship at the highest level and shit. It worked. Um. I'm the same way with like uh, uh, Grayson and Brad Davison, by the way. And Grayson disgusts me. the The idea of Grayson Allen even being allowed I, to play basketball, <laughs> much less like allowed to to partake in society, is yeah. is an affront to us as Americans. Um, but Brad, I, I can't quit. I Brad Davison. I'm yeah. like, I don't know, man. It's it's funny. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, I he stepped under who and he, he he blew out whose knee by sticking his foot under them as they were landing. That's but you have to like I, I would 100 percent say that. <laughs> like, that's like, case you have to admit it is kind of funny. <laughs> so I was like, why is that funny? He ruined his career. I'm like, but he did it in like a funny way. Right? Yeah, it was Brad though. It wasn't great. Brad being Brad. I'm that way with Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. Grant Williams, I I don't mind as much. It's just kind of funny. Like when he did the I think, I was like, it's kind of funny. It's funny. We're all having fun here. When Marcus yeah. Smart flops, I'm like, you son of a bitch. Apologize to, <laughs> to all of us that love basketball. Yeah. You you are you are ruining this beloved game. Um, Grant Williams is awesome, though. Obviously, I don't need to, to uh, point out that, uh, that the man had 27 points to hit seven threes. I, I, I think that the thing – I'm on the, the Tate Frazier uh, train with this, the field goal attempt train, that, yeah, that the, the most impressive thing to me about Grant Williams in game seven was that he shot 18 threes. It wasn't even that he made seven. It wasn't any defense that he played. It was that this man kept catching. And granted, he was wide open on yeah. 11 of those 18 threes, probably. Like wide, wide open, where I would have even shot up if I was out there. And um, So there is that. But the, the fact that like he, he just kept 
stepping up and hitting them was was a sight to behold, to be sure. It was frustrating, though, man. The, the Milwaukee goes four for 33, which isn't exactly shocking in the sense that that's been a problem for them, obviously. Like, they're not exactly the, the greatest three-point shooting team in the league, but um, I don't know. It was, it was just a bummer from a neutral – because I, I was unbiased. I didn't care who won this game whatsoever, as you know, Tate. I, I <laughs> did not care either way. No, it was, yeah. it was a bummer to, to be watching just to, to have it be a stinker of a game, to have the Celtics win by 28 because Milwaukee couldn't throw it in the ocean. Was... But they didn't quit, you know what I mean? And I think that's the yeah. difference between Milwaukee and Phoenix. And I see a lot of people being like, well, both teams got blown out and both teams got splashed from three and it was you know ridiculous game. But Milwaukee, they made a conscious decision to say, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose by Grant Williams hitting 11 threes or whatever, you know, eight threes whatever he hit and he hit him and he took 18 of them which if he had made four of the 18 you know we're having a different conversation and Jason Tatum is probably in the post game like Grant can't take that many shots you know what I mean but kudos to Grant Williams that he knocked him down and that's why you know he gets a lot of credit and that's why it's the Grant Williams game and that's why you have to respect that he competed against Giannis on the defensive end and then answered the bell in a game seven so I, I do like and respect that but I mean the saddest part of it all was that I mean, Milwaukee missing Chris Middleton. They they didn't have anyone to just get them the basket to settle things down. Giannis, you could tell. I mean, the guy plays like 33 minutes a game in the regular season. He's averaging over 40 in the series. Every single time the Celtics would go on a run, Bud's like, get off the bench, go check back in. You know I mean? He's, yeah. he's basically there to, to stop every run, to also be the rim protection. Brooke Lopez had a great start to this game. They had a great first quarter. The way that they dominated the first quarter and the way that Giannis dominated, I thought that they were going to win the game. But it couldn't sustain for four quarters, and he kind of like, he kind of blew his load early, you know, for lack yeah. of a better term. Like, Giannis kind of like... What he did in the first quarter, I think he was trying to go first in the fourth with it. With it, you know what I mean. But they didn't even make it to the fourth quarter because they weren't able to sustain. Um, it was sad to watch. But Grayson Allen cannot be your fifth starter of a championship team. That, that's just a fact. And the fact that he's out there, and he was horrendous. He's so bad. Horrendous. I, I mean, I, I have my own. Obviously, I mean, I have my own. You know, feelings towards Grayson Allen. But I was pulling for the Bucks, and if I was a true Bucks fan, like I was a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I would to use a built. I would drive that man to the airport and and leave him there and not even pack his stuff for him. You know what I mean? Like get this man out of my face. Get George Hill out of my face. Uh, mm. Wesley Matthews is not that guy anymore. I mean, they have to figure out a lot on the wing. But the worst thing they ever did was let PJ Tucker leave. He was such a big part of the heartbeat of that team, and they needed someone. It felt like to kind of galvanize the group and say, "Guys, we're not going out like this." And without Middleton, with Giannis kind of being you know overexerted. It was over. Giannis needed more help. I agree. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying that. This man, by the way, other than Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, he's the only person last two games uh, in losses, you know what I mean, in a series, to have 20-20 games. It's only those three guys that that have gone out in back-to-back losses with 20-20 games. So Giannis continues to be ridiculous. Can I I share something uh, with you that uh, I I maybe don't want to admit, but – I'm going to say it. We're already here. Um, I saw a Photoshop that someone on hashtag NBA Twitter created of Damian Lillard and Milwaukee Bucks jersey, and it made it move for me, Tate. And I don't know how mm. I don't know how uh, plausible that is. Almost certainly not plausible. I haven't. You're 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 the one who who is the trade machine guy on the show. <laughs> obviously, I don't know how many assets you have to flip. You have to move. <laughs> Um, but I've been, I've been, uh, Damian Lillard has, uh, we, we've talked about this. He's my probably 
my favorite human being that's an NBA player, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he's not my favorite player, but, like, I love what that man stands for, by and large. Um, so I don't want him to leave Portland. But if they could f- somehow find a way to make that happen, which I'm sure they definitely cannot, they'd have to get rid of Middleton probably. And um, I don't know. Lopez. But you're right. Because they could get rid Dame- of everybody and it's just Giannis and Dame. But, oh, my God, that would be incredible. That would be Dame, absolutely incredible. Dame has to play with whoever, wherever he goes, if he stays in Portland, whatever, whoever he is in a backcourt with has to be a defender. You know what I mean? Like, that's why yes. him and CJ never worked. And that's why it was never going to work. So wherever he goes, if he were to go to Milwaukee in this, like, let's say they're like Middleton and whatever, that's our max guy we're going to trade and we're going to dump these. We're going to flip these guys and turn it into Middleton, Dame Lillard. Drew Holiday. Yeah. No, keep Drew. Because yeah. I think I think Drew and Dame could actually work. Because oh, they'd Drew, be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you almost have the perfect situation where like Drew Drew handles defense, and when you need someone to go get how a bucket do, for you, how do the name. Lakers do it? This is what I don't understand about the NBA. Is like the, the if, Lakers if, just Photoshop every All Star into a Lakers jersey and tweet it out at some point during the season, and it works. And, hope that it and then sticks. like three yeah. of them end up on the team somehow, and and. Well, like, they're good. They they basically just get like the players to see it, and then they start liking it. You know what I mean? Like last year, Malik Monk was liking Lakers <laughs> graphics of himself. But if if you want to argue that the Bucks should go after Dave Lillard, I'm I'm sure people explain why that can't that, that literally just cannot happen. Like the contracts don't line up. They don't have the assets to to trade. Yeah. Portland's never going to say yes to this trade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If everything else is the exact same, and instead of the Milwaukee Bucks. It's the the Brooklyn Nets or the Los Angeles Lakers, and mm-hmm. you say they should try to get Dame Lillard. Everyone's like, D- yeah, that's a great should. idea. They They're should. like a great idea, Titus. You should, yeah, they, they should, should definitely do the luxury tax. And uh, <laughs> 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 I don't understand that at the NBA. I don't understand that, like how the Lakers can sign anybody they want under any, and it doesn't work for them. So it's not that big of a deal, I guess, that they're they're screwing themselves but uh, you can do no- Mid- you can do Middleton for Lillard straight up. I don't know how much that really helps you, but I mean, you could. Their their contracts really? match. Yeah, you can do it straight up. I just did it on the trade machine for you. All right, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's enough. It's all Grayson I Allen and Chris Middleton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the Celtics are winning the title, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, right? I, think they I mean, are, yeah. we should just go ahead and uh, and get ahead of it and say that's going to happen because. Honestly, when they swept the Nets, I was worried. You know, I, I'm here as a Giannis guy. I thought Giannis could have a real chance to repeat. I think if Middleton was healthy, they would have had a better chance, obviously. But the Celtics, after what they did by beating Giannis and by beating the Nets, I think it's pretty pretty much a foregone these, conclusion. Conclusion, yeah. They're win. These playoffs have been these have been a weird playoffs because I think uh, you know as as we've covered extensively on the show, the the playoffs are pretty clearly rigged. It's just we're we're still trying to figure out how they're rigged. <laughs> Um, I think we all know that. I think everybody. I think listening we said is, on the show best case scenario business wise was Celtics Warriors. Celtics right? Warriors. We yeah. said that. So we're we're kind of on a crash course right now. Or is it exactly. Celtics Luca, or is I it- think Luca <laughs> changed everything. By the way, like the NBA right now, they're they're pivoting to everything Luca. Like they they might just say call in the fix for Luca. Yeah. Um. Celtics Luca. I, I, I think I think it's been a great playoffs in, in that sense because I, I, I truly have no idea is going to win. I mean the Heat are probably the best team left, right? Technically. Yeah. Technically. But yes. But what is it? But are they? <laughs> I can't figure I can't figure out what Heat team and what Jimmy Butler is going to show up ever. Yeah. Like in my great. life, I can't. So and it's and I, I guess I, it, it's hard for me to predict them. 
yeah, it's 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 uh, for, for guys like you and I are supposed to have some sort of idea of where this thing's going. Um, <laughs> it might be frustrating for us to be like, no, 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 no. I, I think the Warriors are the best, or the the Celt- I I think the Celtics are probably the best team left, and and should should uh, probably be the favorites to win the thing. But uh, all, all four of these teams have a shot. I, I felt like all eight of the teams ever left uh, last round had a shot. Um, but weirdly, like having these two stinker game sevens, having a situation <laughs> where the Warriors get beat by forty. Having the 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 Sixers the way the Sixers went out quitting like the the playoffs are somehow both awesome and terrible at the same time and I and and it's not like going back and forth between awesome and terrible it's like they're both coexist it's like two alternate realities yeah are existing at the exact same time where these NBA playoffs have been phenomenal while also terrible and <laughs> like I can't for the life of me turn on my television and to watch a playoff game and get like a really, really great game that comes down to the wire with mm-hmm. massive stakes on the line. Like it doesn't seem to really be happening, but at the same time, the series are great and there's a lot of compelling storylines and who the hell knows what's going to happen next. That's bizarre to me. Yeah. It's bizarre that we've had some all time games like that game five in Boston is a game that, you know, I will look back to probably at the end of the playoffs and say that was the best game that I watched uh, throughout this entire yeah. run. But on the flip side of that, you know, like the it kind of ends a series anticlimactically because that team runs out of gas. You know, yeah, what I mean? that so team like, doesn't win it. So like it, even that game kind of is. And a, then every other one of these series, like the, the kind of big headlining series, whether it be Kevin Durant, who's the best American player. I mean, that series they quit. You know, like I mean, yeah. the, like that's what the the problem with the playoffs right now is that on the biggest stage, like it's one thing that these guys quit in the regular season. Like Ben Simmons just quit an entire regular season. We understand it's possible. But to quit in the playoffs when it's supposed to mean more than anything and it's supposed to it just means more to 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 be here on this stage mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm okay, I, I can move on to the offseason, my brand is intact, I'll be fine, you know, it's everyone else's fault, you know, push push it on, you know. I mean that that to me is why there's a little bit of uh wow, this is pretty shocking. And it's why Luca is winning because he is tougher mentally. There's a fortitude to that to that Dallas team that they're like, Are you guys joking? Like you guys are really gonna pack up and fold here? Yeah. Right, we're gonna kick your ass. I mean Well, they're also younger <sighs> to where like Luca's younger to where he hasn't had to deal with the uh the because I, I think that I think he hasn't media, seen the dark side of the moon yet. Yeah. Yes, I think I think the media is to blame for this. I think that the the culture, uh, the the rings culture that has been created, I think it's backfired. Where we we the way we talk about great basketball players reached a point Dave, where if if you're not winning titles, it almost doesn't matter. Like Giannis is getting asked in press conferences, what is it like to be a loser again? Dude, what a great <laughs> answer. What a great answer <laughs> yeah. that he gave to that. I mean, um, if someone asked me that and I after that game, I'm surprised he didn't lose his mind. So shout out to him. So I I, I wonder if it's it's something where we've built this culture where we've gone so in on how many rings you've won and whether you have head-to-head matchups. It's like like the Mavs didn't beat the Suns. Luka beat Chris Paul, and that's how we'll remember this, is that Luka Doncic beat Chris You're Paul. Right. Chris yeah. Paul's a loser. Luka Doncic mm-hmm. is not. Jason um, Tatum beat Giannis Antetokounmpo. J- Jason Tatum is now better than Giannis because Jason – if Jason Tatum and is Kevin not Durant. better than Giannis, yeah. why, did, why did he just – why did his team well, – his team's still playing, so obviously he's better. But all that discussion <laughs> uh, and f- fueled this situation uh, where, where, like, guys became – I I, don't, I feel like it probably helped initially. We're like getting guys more, not that they need needed more motivation, but it just kind of added like a little f- flavor and spice to like the way we talked about these guys and like how cool is it that Michael Jordan was six and zero in the finals and like had six rings and um, 
you, you build these whole cases around that sort of stuff. But now I think we've reached a point maybe in 2022 where the players themselves are so fed up with that. They're so fed up. Like Kevin Durant reached a point where he realizes even when I win titles, you guys shit on me. When yeah. I don't win titles, you guys shit on me. And I'm I'm not and I am one of those guys. I will shit on Kevin Durant his entire career. He ruined the NBA in 2016. Um but I think maybe the players have gotten to a point where like they if you want to make an argument that they don't care as much as they used to, I not not all of them, but yeah. like I, I like clearly I, we've never seen it like like the Suns quitting like this. Like the 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 way the Sixers quit, the way the Nets quit. Well, well it comes the, back it's, to it's, the, it's the like, age old question is the juice is the juice worth the squeeze? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and these guys, like they're squeezing everything out of themselves. And like you said, when Kevin Durant won his first finals MVP, we did the podcast with him. Bill Bill did the podcast with him afterwards. And he literally thought that Bill Simmons was gonna be like, You're the GOAT. Like he thought yeah. that that him doing that was going to change his whole conversation. And guess what? Like it didn't. As soon as you got the Barry, it, 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 you're like, okay, what, what now? You know what I mean? There's no, there's no upside now on the other side. And now it's schadenfreude where everyone just wants to laugh at the misery yes. of these guys. So why? That's what it is. Yeah. So like going down swinging is almost, it doesn't help you any in the eyes of a lot of people. Of course. You're did, still did, it help, did it help Giannis? No. No one, no no, one said after that game, loser. Giannis had 20 and 20 and he had a triple double basically at the end of the first quarter. No one said that. But yeah. when he was getting that triple double in the first quarter, I saw people saying this guy might go down as the goat. And then two hours later, people were saying he can't be on the Mount Rushmore anymore. Yeah, yeah. So what is well, it? But um, yeah, I, 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 I do think that players now have more of a, uh, I, I don't know if work-life balance is the right description or like more interest. Like, like, like it feels like they kind of see what the game is in terms of like how their legacies are are going to be measured and how people are going to talk about it. And I and I think more players now today are opting out of that bullshit than yeah. ever before, or Agreed. certainly more so now than than the last 25, 30 years. So since basically Jordan, I feel like Jordan created this culture. If we're being honest with ourselves, like Jordan yeah. wins six, that's the measuring stick. Now you got a Kobe comes along. A uh, 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 Shaq was great at the, at that time, and then LeBron comes, and like every discussion is like, can they catch Jordan with six rings? And what you know, and and that kind of created this culture we're in. And I think now more than ever, these players are just, have, have seen the game for what it is. That no matter how much I win, it's going to be you haven't won six, so you're not Jordan. So shut the fuck up and sit over there. And even when you and then when you lose, it's like, see, he told you you weren't Jordan. See, he told yeah. you you weren't Jordan. Um, I wonder if that's part of it. That like like the way talking about guys in that way for so long has led to a point where you do get a Chris Paul situation where he's just like, I'm just gonna quit. <laughs> like we're, we're losing. <laughs> I mean that that's inexcusable. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying no, to like figure out how this no, is happening because no, it's not, you're right. I mean, there's a there, like one off stuff. It like really is. No, it, it was it, it's something that bubbled up all the way into that moment. You know what I mean? And Chris, Paul, Chris Paul, like this whole idea of him winning a ring, right? I mean, think about how much. I mean, and it's not just Chris. I mean, Carmelo is the same in the same class of guys. When they came into USA basketball, these were the cho- These were the four horsemen. These were the chosen ones. When you look at LeBron, yeah. Carmelo, Chris Paul, these guys, and they're in Dwayne Wade. Their entire career was like chasing Michael, chasing the ghost of Michael, trying to be this superstar. I mean, is Chris Paul the greatest point guard ever? Is LeBron the greatest small forward ever? And all of them have been held up to the greatest, highest standard, elite standard, and they're exhausted. And he's 37, and he's been doing this since he was 18, 19 years old. 
I mean, that's half of his life. And, and yeah. you're right. I mean, you get to that point where it's bubbled over and you're like, I'm content with who I am. I know that I'm a great basketball player. I know what I've done. But 37-year-old Chris Paul is not 29-year-old Chris Paul. I can't do it anymore. And, and you know what he's looking at in that game? He's looking at the number one pick, the 23, 24-year-old right there. And he's like, that's the guy that's supposed to be carrying me. And he quit. <laughs> <laughs> It's I, I I don't know, man. I'm just trying to make sense of it all. Or no, or if it's no. like the the so many so many uh games come down to just three point variants, and it's it really is for all the jokes I make about you have to make shots. Um, is it that? Is it that like the Suns knew right away this isn't our night and the Mavs are hitting shots and we're not and just like we're gonna pack it in for that reason. I have no idea. But um, but that's mental very, too. I mean that it, that, yeah. that is a mental thing. Like I mean whatever, that's a get over it. Like you got to fight. You got to battle through it. Shoot through it. Whatever led to this point, we are very clearly in a situation where where that, that we've never been in as a as a basketball public, where like these teams are quitting and games that they would never in ten million years quit. Like I, I can't even comprehend this happening with like the 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 Shaq Kobe Lakers like being in a position. Like I, I know they had their problems against the Pistons um that year but like even then i didn't really feel like they quit i felt like they, i felt like all those guys felt like they had the answer it was like i'll i'll save us i'll save yeah. us. and they just didn't they were like pieces that didn't fit well together but the idea of like just completely folding in a game seven and and the way the sixers went out is it uh, that, that's what's crazy to me dude that that's like yeah. no i mean the, the bucks, Nets, the, bucks the sixers fighting, and the is, suns yeah i mean the, and, and think about the stars that are on those teams and how important they are to not just NBA basketball, but USA basketball, right? I mean, these are like our best American player. Chris Paul is uh, one of the pillars of American basketball. Kevin Durant is probably the face currently of American basketball. They got I mean, they, they Dude, got even embarrassed, though, uh, and they and they quit, and they left, and and now we're all left with the nasty taste in our mouth, and we're all trying to rationalize it, right? We can every single. I'm a Chris Paul fan. I don't know how to rationalize it. I really don't. Like, I I don't know. Because you know what, you know, and my dad said this to me last night, so I got to give him credit. He was just like, Isaiah Thomas, that was always the conversation. Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, is he better than Isaiah Thomas? I would personally say he's not better than Isaiah Thomas, but I do know this. Isaiah Thomas would never have quit in a game seven. No. I mean, that is just like, simply that would is, not happen. That no. would be sacrilegious to him. You Isaiah know I mean? Thomas would start fighting dudes. If, if, oh, that, if he was down 40, you know, he, he would have uh, thrown punches. He would have punched Luka Doncic yes. in the face. And, Luke, and that just would have yes. been what it was. I mean, and and everyone would be like, Isaiah is a poor sport or whatever, but like he would not have gone out it, like that. It would have been like, cool, I'm a poor sport, I guess. But I but I ain't no bitch. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you that much. But I'm not gonna quit. You know yeah. what I mean? And and that would have sent the message to his team that like next year we are gonna come back and fight. I don't know. It's just No, man. It's it it's, I, it, it's hard it's to hard talk to, about it. E even the Warriors who weren't eliminated by the Grizzlies, so it's a little different circumstance because they were their their thing was more like we know we're going to go back home and we can just get tonight's not our night let's just pack it in and we can get it done uh you know back home and, and yeah uh, we're we're still in this thing whatever um but watching the warriors get lose by 40 to the grizzlies like that was shocking like i feel like that doesn't happen and laughing about it and like, yeah about yeah it. and they're like they're all that cool was the it. weirdest part to me yeah and and I, I don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe you know no it's bad it's for the nba like, like I don't, business wise it's bad yeah it's 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 hard to yeah, it's bad for the NBA. It's bad, bad. business. Yeah. Like Luca, like you said, the, the two things can be true at once. Luca is great for business. But on the flip side of that, you have your, you know, player representative president that has been, you know, kind of shepherding the the new era under Adam Silver from the player perspective. Quit. 
Yeah, I mean, everyone's <laughs> yeah. everyone's favorite Jordan memories are when Jordan was up against insurmountable odds, seemingly insurmountable odds, and found a way to hit a shot over yeah. Craig Elo and and Byron Russell and um, just made insane plays to win it for the Bulls. No one looks back on Michael Jordan's career and is like, dude, that one game where he blew out the other team by 40 was awesome. That was sick, yeah. Like no one cares was, about that. His legend, and, that, and that's where maybe I push back on, like, like Luca was incredible in this game seven, but um, the idea that his legend is born in a game seven where he won by 40, we need his legend to be, in order for like everyone to be all in on Luca, we need like his back against the wall and he's made, like kind of what he was doing against the Clippers, right? Like yeah. when, when he was, when they, they ended up losing that series, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah, they did. But shots like, but it was like, a great series, and it was the yes. first time where I was like, "Wow, this guy's going toe to toe with Kawhi." Yes, you know what I mean. And yes. Kawhi did a great job against him, but at the same time, you're like, "Wow, this guy's for real." That was yeah. kind of like he wins that series. That's kind of the birth of the let, you know. And maybe that maybe that happens against the Warriors. I'm not trying to take anything away from. Him. I mean, I, I make I make a more Luca jokes than most in the media, so I, <laughs> I come across as a hater, I'm sure. But um, I, I, I him, him no, we dwarf. should say that we should say that on the record. I like Luca. I really and I and I actually appreciated the way that he handled himself in this series. Honestly, the most that I've ever yeah. appreciated him because they were the ones that started it. They picked a fight with him. They were laughing at him, and he completely flipped it on their head. <laughs> it's amazing. Which was like I respect that. That's competition, you know. Absolutely amazing. Um, I I also enjoy. I I love watching Luca play. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we just are, I, we're college basketball the, guys, so we can't help but is make it, is, fun of. Is he bad for college basketball? <laughs> I don't think so. Are we gonna? I think I'm waiting for him to say what college he would have gone to. You know what I mean? Someone needs yeah, to I ask know. him that question. So you'd be like, I would have gone to Kentucky, and <laughs> they go crazy. <laughs> what college would have Luca gone to? Ooh, Stanford, Gonzaga, Stanford, Gonzaga, St. Yeah. Mary's. That'd be great if he was like, I'm a St. Mary's guy. Someone tweeted at me that uh, Luca would ended up in Wisconsin and would average like 12 and four. <laughs> playing alongside Brad Davis, played as like like Johnny Davis, Brad Davison, and well, I guess Johnny Davis wouldn't have been there yet. But um, like you put Luke on this Wisconsin team, he's their third option. <laughs> yeah, he's coming off the bench. He's running the second unit. Brad's taking twenty shots a game. Yeah, yeah. trying to teach him. He's like, I'm trying to get this young buck to understand the game. <laughs> you put nineteen-year-old Luka Doncic on the this Wisconsin Badgers team. He is a hundred percent the third option at best. <laughs> And he never paid his dues, and I guess that's why. Like, if you don't pay your dues in college basketball, I don't respect you fully as a player. So that's yeah, there is that. That's what it is. There's, there's, yeah, there's find a, find it. a team, Luca. That's what we need. We need <laughs> maybe maybe he's an SMU guy. You know, he's like in Dallas. He's like I, I love SMU. Oh, that's basketball. a good call. Yeah, that is a great point. We need to we need to get a TCU like even. That's a JJ thing. JJ's gonna have him on his podcast at some point. Has he been on his podcast already? I'm that's, sure. J, JJ's got. I assume that every person has been on JJ's podcast uh, at this point. Every player. I will say I really enjoyed because Mad Dog and JJ, you know, a couple weeks ago, JJ, you know, got Mad Dog. He, he was like, you're Fox News. And everyone was like, ooh, got him. You know, that was a great moment. But the fact that we got to like JJ was on the top of the mountain. You were like, no one can knock this man off. And then the fact that the first take producers were like, let's bring in Pat Beverly. Shout out to them <laughs> because they, they really ruffled his feathers by bringing in Pat Beverly. He's like trying to have like an intellectual, intelligent conversation with Stephen A. Yeah. And then Pat Beverly's like, who are you talking about? He sucks. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. So Pat Beverly won today on first take. That's all I got. So say. stupid. It's so dumb. It's Basketball like literally is WWE is broken. Somebody needs to save it, and it will not be me. It will not be it? us. It will not be. <laughs> oh man. Um. I, I I am excited moving forward to see what happens at the playoffs. It'll be it'll be great. It's just like what what a letdown Sunday was. Absolutely letdown. 
I I was I'm not gonna lie to you. I was pretty broken, you know, like I have a lot of things that kind of keep me going with my belief in basketball and what I expect and how I think games will play out. Giannis, um, I understood why the Bucks lost. It was Grayson Allen's fault, so I kind of wiped that one clean. <laughs> that but one makes sense. Yeah, that one made sense. I, I never thought that Grayson was good enough, like to be their fifth guy. So Grant it, Williams it, going seven for eighteen from three point line in Game Seven doesn't really make sense, but it kind of. I mean, I guess like kind of does when you get that open. many options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. they, they decided to die by. And as a Carolina fan, I've seen Roy Williams play percentages my entire life. You know what I mean? Against the three. Like I'm used to watching a team win a game by making a bunch of threes. So I, I kind of wiped that one clean. But what happened in Phoenix in a game seven at home in front of your crowd? The fact that at halftime, your home crowd boos your team. Yeah. Because they can tell that you quit is something that I will not forget for a long time. I'm serious. Like I, I cannot believe that a home crowd is booing their team in a game seven. Thoughts and prayers to our boy Wildbags and Arizona people in general. Yeah, just I mean, real Suns fans. We we pour one out for you, Suns fans. But but if you're if you're a fan of the Arizona Wildcats and also the Phoenix Suns, wow, and also the Arizona Cardinals and also the hockey team that's playing in like a high school arena now, right? Aren't the yeah. the Coyotes like not? <laughs> they're playing in a is it a college arena? I think it's a college arena, but let's say high school. That sounds better. You know what I mean? Like, but you're right. I mean, in in a world where you had the best regular season team in college basketball and in the NBA, and all signs are pointing to you're the number one yes, overall dude. seed, and you're going to go win the championship, and this is how it all spirals out. And, you and it's all even... Texas. It's all Texas's fault. You know what I mean? Like you just blame Texas. And if you're an Arizona person, you probably hate Texas because you have similar sensibilities and mm-hmm. things like that. So, wow, it's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, that's I I, I feel terrible. And then if if you're not an Arizona Wildcats fan, you're probably an Arizona State fan, which is even worse. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like at least Arizona like chokes. Yeah, at least Arizona yeah. gets in a position to choke. Arizona State <laughs> is Arizona State. Yeah, it's Arizona State. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that today, man. Just uh, and then and then the Kyle the the way the Cardinals lost this year. Uh, the, are the Diamondbacks yeah. good? The Diamondbacks can't be good, right? I, I assume no, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll we can look it up eventually. But yeah, I assume no. I mean, all They'll things... always have two thousand one. That was great, yeah. but that was a long time ago when they. God. Whew. That was a re- that was a really long time ago. And then you, and you're not even mentioning the Super Bowls with the Cardinals. You know, like the Kurt Warner years when it looked like that's you know, right. And then San Antonio and then San Antonio Holmes. Antonio Holmes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're a tortured city or a tortured fan state. base or a tortured state. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Arizona, we're pulling pouring one out for you. Man. Oof. 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 And also, like, what happens now? I mean, do they trade Chris Paul? That's that's the other part that people were saying that which is uh, that's not gonna happen. But like as far as what's next for the Phoenix uh, Suns, listen, I, there's, you can there's, lose eight in free agency. He already quit on your team, so you, you don't even sure if you want him back anyway. I mean Which is crazy because last year after the the, the run to the finals. You're, I mean, we, we we both were like, I think Phoenix made the right call not drafting Luca. Like, if they would have drafted Luca, obviously they would have been great. But like, playing if if you draft Luca, then maybe he doesn't mesh well with Booker and and uh, you know, like yeah. the, the situation. Basically, Phoenix doesn't regret anything. Why they they can't they can't possibly regret this because uh, it worked out well for them. They they've turned into the best team in basketball. They just didn't win the title against the Bucks, but they're back as the the best team again and. Um, away we go. And now you have your franchise and you have your, you know, Chris Paul is going to get old, but you can figure that out later. And you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and yeah. um, you're set. That's it. That's done. And now 
in the snap of a finger, it's like, can DeAndre Ayton ever put on a Phoenix Suns uniform again? I don't think And that so. doesn't feel like hyperbole. That's what's weird to me, too. Is like, I don't think the fans, I don't think the fans would, would want him to get an offer. You know what I mean? And they're not going to offer him the max. I mean, what's crazy is that last year we watched these two great basketball teams, and it was kind of surprising to see them on the biggest stage. And then both of them were on a course to get back there. But the reason they didn't was because of two business decisions. Not giving the max to DeAndre Ayton, who I don't think he'd necessarily earn the max, but some people, I mean, I understand why he would feel that he'd earn the max. And P.J. Tucker, the Bucks letting him walk. Those two business decisions ruined the basketball futures of these two franchises, and they both should be back in the finals again, but you make those decisions, and yeah. they have implications. And the craziest part is that DeAndre Ayton has kind of like, Everyone's been giving him credit all year. He kind of, they're like, he's biting his tongue. He isn't worried about the max contract. He knows the money's going to figure itself out. Chris Paul was like, he knows he's going to get his money here. He didn't know that. And we <laughs> saw that in game seven. He did not know that. And he quit because of that. I, I, mean, I, I, don't, crazy. I, I don't, I don't think it's DeAndre's contract. I do because, because that doesn't explain the rest of the guys quitting. I think there was some, uh, some sexual chicanery afoot. <laughs> I mean, put there's that, something. Put that on a quote card for me, Jim. I want to tweet that out. Some <laughs> yeah. Sexual chicanery afoot. Sexual chicanery. Maybe <laughs> we make was... a show with Jim hosting it called Sexual, sexual Chicanery. chicanery. <laughs> with your host, That's the only thing Jimbo that makes sense. I've, I've run my algorithm a thousand times, and the only thing that, that comes out that makes any sense as to how the Phoenix Suns can just fold like that is uh, is that. that that's I, I mean, I don't know, man. I just know this. The Pacers wouldn't have quit. The, oh, I mean? no, 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 no. The Pacers would not have quit. The Hornets would have quit. Like, I mean, I, I watched <laughs> the Hornets quit in a play-in game, so I know that they would have. So, like, the problem right now in the NBA is, like, let's let's get to the point where we're all playing these games and we're, we can lose and accept defeat, but do it in the spirit of competition, yeah. not just quit. Like the 70, 76ers quitting was fresh in my head. And then I'm watching the Suns and I'm like, I give them a pass. They look like they tried compared to this. What Dude, the the, we haven't even talked about, and, and rightfully so, but the Lakers quit at the end of the season when they exactly. were still technically yeah. in the hunt for a playoff spot. And then they Dude, just completely quit. They were like, we don't want to play in the play-in because yeah. we know we'd lose. So let's just go ahead and just, let's just quit. hold this up. Yeah, quit. <laughs> Sick league. <laughs> Right? It's got to be bad. Like, that's bad optics. It's bad basketball. It's bad business. And in a world where you and I are David Stern guys, you know, we, we believe in the Love David, David Stern. Stern. Love David Stern. I think he would have an aneurysm, like, just thinking about this. You know what I mean? Guys quitting in a game. So that's his nightmare. This is this is the most important time for no, your that's product. The, this is the difference between David Stern and Adam Silver. Adam Silver watched the Suns-Mavericks game and was like, this is awesome. Luka just yeah. became a star. Yeah. Uh, the the people are going to be talking about this forever. This is like a historic look at the game engagement. Seven. Look, look at, at the, the streams. engagement. Yeah, look at the <laughs> the illegal streams that we're tracking. We're, we're shattering records. David Stern would have like gotten up at halftime and and lost his shit. He would have been in Phoenix's locker room at halftime, yelling at them. And and he, he David Stern would be very very shitty at what transpired. He would make the most of it. Granted, like David Stern would then pivot and be like, "All right, well, if Luke is going to be a star, let's let's cash in on this and let's figure." it out like david stern would take what what happens to him or in front of him and then make the most of that situation but yeah that's not to say that like what happens is what he would have preferred to happen and watching the phoenix suns quit he would have had an aneurysm he would have lost his mind he would have lost his mind yeah he definitely and would. what I, what i do find fascinating just from the business side of it all is that we talked i talked about this on the show one time that a lot of people and i think they watch chris paul like this too 
they watch LeBron to lose, right? They they were tuning in to watch this this hero fail. They were watching Chris Paul to lose. I think that in the future as we move forward, I think that fans and the general audience, and maybe I'm, you know, this is just my own take on it, but I think people are watching Luka to win. And they I think are, people yeah. are watch I, I think people are watching Giannis to win. So yes. I do like that it is, at least in that sense, those two guys, it seems like the general fan, when they watch them, they're like, I hope that this guy does or, it. You know what I mean? Which is a nice spin on the mean kind of vitriol that has come for you know guys like LeBron and Chris Paul and Carmelo. We're in a tough spot, though, as Americans, because I, I, I really don't know who's a likable. Like, who's the most likable superstar? Is it is it Damian Lillard? He's older, and he's on a team that's not relevant. Irrelevant, particularly yeah. Right now. Um, who's the Steph most is... likable? Cause dude, I used to, I used to answer that. Uh, uh, St- Steph is probably still the answer. Yeah. Steph and Clay, but he's not, answer. he's not Steph Curry. Like but, yeah. he's not, the, he's also the... doing crypto commercials and shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. What's going on he's, here? I would call him public domain. Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. is a, a popular public consumed product now, as opposed to like Steph Curry, the revolution basketball player. He still can get there sometimes. And you're like, wow, I see that magic, but he is more of like what magic was later in his career or Michael yeah. later in his career than he was early on. So, yeah, I, 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 we've talked about this a lot off air that I, I think there's, there's something to like the, the, the American basketball player becomes jaded, becomes like, uh, too swept up in the cold. I don't know. We, we, ha- we, we have, I yeah. have all my old man takes as to how this happened, but, um, it feels like we're the, the youngest older... old man takes yeah, you'll ever find. But I feel like the, <laughs> the, the older American players are the ones that are insufferable because they're the ones that, you know, I've, I've, uh, they're, they're the Chris Paul types that'll quit a game like this. And you're like, how, 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 how is this how? possible? Um, so I was, I was thinking like the young, some of the younger guys I don't hate, but maybe there's something about like, they're not jaded yet. Like let them sign a few max contracts where they realize like basketball stupid, dude. Like I, I, I would love making $47 million a year to, you know, I've, I've made that the yeah. last six years of my life. Why do I need to care about getting out of the second round of the playoffs now and want, wait for that to happen? And they'll be unlikable too. Um, but now that doesn't need to happen because like the two guys that I pointed to as younger than 25, these are the two guys I circled as these are my favorite American basketball players that are younger than 25 that I think are like fun to root for fun energy. I, I love watching them play. I think they're bonafide superstars are Devin Booker and John Morantz. Yeah. And now I look up in, uh, in mid-May in 2022 and I'm like, Dude, I don't know. Ja keeps firing yeah. off these tweets and <laughs> so someone's gotta get Ja's Twitter. Someone's gotta steal Ja's phone from him. They and, got and, to. They and really Devin do. Booker, I, I think I'm done with Booker forever. I like Booker was he was always like likable enough to me. Like I didn't he wasn't my favorite player in the world, but I I, I thought he always I don't know. I know he's dating a Kardashian, but like he, he I, I don't know, man. Like he, he I liked him. I liked Devin Booker and I probably still yeah. will, but He's not my guy anymore. I can't ride with yeah. him anymore. No, I mean, I, and, I mean, and if you're if you're pulling for American basketball in the future, like we're talking about now, you're getting into the group of like you said, those two guys, Booker Morant, but then you got Tatum that's in the conversation. Trey Young is in your conversation, but the reality of it, and we talked about it on the show multiple times, the reality is that the world is better at basketball than America, which is going to be 
probably the biggest revelation of the next, maybe not the next Olympics, but the next Olympics that we go to. You know what I mean? When Joel Embiid gets his French nationality and France has Gobert and Embiid and they're playing FIBA rules and they're smacking layups off the rim and and they're too deep and our best bigs are JaVale McGee and, you know, whoever else we can find to throw in and we're getting rocked. I think that will be the moment that we as America, as a basketball country, have to really examine things and figure out what we're doing because we're getting we're getting crushed right now. But it's I mean, not even it's fact. not even that they're better, dude. It's like they're more likable too. That's what's frustrating to me. It's like even if, if yeah. America, the next Olympics, if we get destroyed by the world or whatever happened, I guess we don't play the world, we play each individual country. But yeah. um But if they did play the world, good God, they we'd get absolutely like our, destroyed. Our, Will most of America even cheer for our guys? I mean, they probably we probably will out of habit, but it's just like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, who's the face of American basketball right now that we can point to? Who's our Luca? Who's our Giannis? Who's that our- everybody agrees on and likes? Yeah, that's, that's like we it's love so that divisive. Guy. It's so niche. It's so I like this guy. Dude, so it might be Tatum. Honestly, like Tatum, I've I've been a slight hater because he plays for the Celtics, and I don't want to like you know. The, the, I, the, the Boston media machine is out of control, and, and the guy, the Celtics beat the Bucks, and now all of a sudden you're hearing people talk about Tatum as though he's like one of the best players and like the, one of the top three or four players in the league, which is bananas. But at the same time, like I don't, I guess I, I don't, don't hate dislike the guy. Tatum. I guess I yeah, don't hate I the guy. Maybe he's the and guy. I respect I don't know, the way dude. that he plays. You know what I mean? Like I mean, that's the other part of Tatum. I used to hate the, to watch Tatum because I was like, I can't watch this ISO step back bullshit. But then. He developed his game. He's become yeah. a better teammate. You know, he plays hard on defense. I mean, I I have I give him the credit at least developing his game, right? But you're right. I mean, how many of these young American players do people actually have an affinity for? I mean, that is because Ja, I thought we all liked, and I think everyone was kind of on the same page with Ja, but Ja did not do himself any favors with this Warriors series, you know? And the Warriors are still, we jo- we talked about how like they might not be the most likable version like they used to be, but they're still liked by a lot of people, and Ja Morant turned off an entire coast. Yeah. It felt like on the West Coast with some of his antics and things, and I still like Ja a lot, but it's I look at him through a different lens now, you know what I mean? It's almost... I feel like I know too much or something. I, you know what I mean? And, and he was supposed to be our hope. Zion Zion's is supposed to be your hope. He's, of, he's, yeah, he's, he's not that guy. I yeah. mean, he's done with that. So we're just, we're in a weird spot as a country. Popovich is the coach. He's not going to be there. Like, what does the future of USA basketball look like? You and I, I probably know. are going to be the few people that, uh, talk about this and obsess over this, but I love USA basketball. Like I, I have Here's USA the future of USA stuff. basketball. Let Jay Wright coach, let Brad Stevens be the general manager. I like that. Um, whatever that means. Let Brad Stevens be the new Colangelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's How many years does Giannis job. have to live in Milwaukee until he can yeah, be Yeah, no there. shit, dude. <laughs> um, we gotta we gotta figure something out because it's it's because that, that that was that was one of my other big takeaways beyond like Chris Paul being a choker in the Suns and all that was like dude I, I think I got to be done with Devin Booker I think like it, it's it's dire straits situation for American basketball as as yeah. a whole like we we got a ton of talented dudes but there just really aren't I mean Kawhi is a guy that like used to be likable in the sense of like he never talks so, like he because I, I think there's that part is like part of my brain is thinking. Do I just, we just not like these guys because we're hearing more from them and they have Twitter accounts and podcasts and everything else. And like, inevitably someone's going to tweet something that, that's like Drake's whack. And then I read that and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You said, what? <laughs> yeah, CJ McCollum, sir. you said, what? Get the fuck out of my face, dude. Like Drake is Drake goes hard still, man. You know, like, like that that's bound to happen. But then you got a guy like Kawhi Leonard who, who never talks to anybody never. And, and he's like become unlikable, you know, 
just like yeah. his 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 shenanigans that he's pulled over the years with with bouncing around teams and sitting out and all that. Like the, I I feel like the average basketball fan is probably like I don't really love Kawhi. I'm not rooting for Kawhi. No, be awesome. it, well, and he also forced himself out of the the Spurs, which is like you know Tim Duncan, most likable, amicable, whatever you want to call it team. You know he forces himself yeah. out of that. Popovich is Team USA's coach, so like you can't really be saying that he's the best American player when the coach doesn't, they don't really see eye to eye and he forced himself out of playing for that coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's some sort of catch. There, there's a catch for everybody. You know what I mean? There's really not a guy that you can say, maybe Dame, like you said, is is the best one, that there is no catch. But Dame has a lot of catches too, which is like the guy can't play FIBA basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's your, there's your catch. He can't play FIBA. So, um, Donovan Mitchell isn't it? No. no, no. I mean, he he's another one that's like I'm. He wants to force himself out of Utah, so like that that turns people off. Dude, I, Lamelo I, Ball isn't the guy, right? Like Lamelo, you know, like I he mean, might be. He could be. I mean, maybe. I mean, be. he's probably not. But <sighs> that's the thing. Like you start going through the roster, you start going through Trey's the Trey's not it. Uh, Trey, 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 honestly, might end up being it. Yeah, I guess you're Which right. Is crazy. Maybe maybe like Trey, maybe there is a redemption arc for Trey. I feel like he pissed a lot of people off, but at the same time, he was doing it to the Knicks. So like, there's a lot of people that. I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed Trey screwing with the Knicks. I mean, it was kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is a great answer. Kate Cunningham. Fact, in fact, honestly, that might be the best answer. Like, if someone were to come to us today and say, like, who is the Desmond the American Bain. basketball player? <laughs> I like Desmond Bain. He should be on the team. <laughs> But you're right, Brad Stevens being the GM of USA Basketball, yeah. like doing roster construction, figuring out guys who could play FIBA ball, who could do both, who have games I think, that I think translate. Brad, if you're listening, I know you are, because we are the, the number one Brad Stevens podcast in the, the, yes. in the world. Um, I think when you take this job and you become the Team USA general manager – Talk to me because we get it's got to be beyond just like how good these players are. It's got to they got to be all likable. So we, I, I'll I'll be that. Yeah. I'll be the I'll be the Q score guy that steps in and is like, no, mm-hmm. he's an asshole. We don't want him on the team. We don't want yeah. we don't want. I, I know he's better than the other guy, but like mm-hmm. America doesn't like him because he punches guys in the balls or something. You know? Yeah, Chris Paul. Chris please, Paul, you gotta go. Forty year old Chris Paul is not gonna be on the team. Yeah, he's gotta go. <laughs> he's gotta go. Jimmy Shout to Brad Stevens, by the way, a great NBA exec. I mean, Danny Ainge could never get this group to play like this. You know what I mean? Danny Ainge <laughs> could never do this. And uh, shout out to Brad Stevens. If if the Celtics win the title, does Danny Ainge get a piece of this title? Does he say, I, I almost won the title with that team? Is that his next? It is 100% sure that the Celtics win. Danny Ainge is there, and he's on stage, and he is <laughs> acting as if. Like, if I was a Utah Jazz uh, owner, and I saw him at the Celtics game, I would have thrown a fit. I'd be like, dude, if, what are you doing? Get the hell out of there. That's enemy. Um, Jimmy Butler is another one I thought of that. Oh, that's a good one. He could be likable, I guess. Jimmy's got a catch too. Jimmy's yeah, Jimmy's. I know. I know. I'm just the I'm, problem is like to be great, you have to have a certain arrogance kind of about yourself. You know what I mean? And like that, that can get you in trouble. Look at Dylan Brooks. Like this guy was. <laughs> I know. It was like the confidence you needed against the Warriors, but also it went too far, you know, and it bubbled over, and you're like, okay, reel it back in. And Jimmy has a little bit of that sometimes. Too. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. Do you have any shout-outs? Honestly, I mean, shout-out to you and I for uh, trying to sit through this. I, I, <laughs> I want to shout-out to I, the I, real heroes. No, I mean, I sincerely, when I watched this yesterday, I I, I didn't even know what I was going to say because like, I, I was at a loss for words. 
And the only thing I could come up with was DeAndre Ayton quit at the end of the day because that's the only thing I could rationally see and, and try to point to. But my God, Titus. Well, it, I, it, it, I, I'm happy that I have you, honestly. To be, Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself yeah. <laughs> in circles in my house. It kind of underscored what we already know to be true, but every so often you need to be reminded of it, is, is that college basketball <laughs> and NBA are, are two very different sports. They're not the yes. same sport. The, the, the NBA is not uh, college basketball on a professional level. You know, which is how it used mm. to be a million years ago. It is it is a completely different sport. The way it's talked about is different. The way people react to these games is different. The way the players approach the game is different. And that that was driven home to me on Sunday, both in the lack of effort that like I was trying to I was trying to think of a scenario that that would happen in the NCAA tournament and like a yeah, like an elite eight game that a team would just straight up before halftime even arrives, throw in the towel and give zero fight in the second half and never at any point in time like care i mean um, oklahoma villanova you know is one of those games but like it really wasn't that oklahoma quit you know what i mean it no, was just villanova like they were miss, yeah yeah i know exactly and it was like but i never felt that game like oklahoma like doesn't want to be yeah. here you yeah know what I mean? yeah like, they wanted to be there that you get their ass they beat. kept trying yeah. they just kept getting their ass beat um <laughs> and then also the way people talk about it is is you know just just watching the the reactions has been because because the, the the NBA is king of hyperbole, but at the same time, like some of it doesn't feel like hyperbole to be like, never let DeAndre yeah. Ayton back in Phoenix again. Never. He's a local <laughs> kid. That's insane. That's insane, dude. Like, he, oh my God. 12 months I, ago, you're like, this guy is, th this is a perfect situation. He's going to retire. They're going to, they might as well start carving the statue now of DeAndre Ayton. He's surely going to win a title here at some point. But oh my God. It's great. Yeah. It's incredible. Incredible. No, I mean he and he is, I mean, so important to I mean, what has Chris Paul always had that has been, you know, like yeah. a rim runner? <laughs> I mean, then he had the perfect one and the guy freaking quit on him. He quit. And, I mean, he quit. <laughs> I want to shout out to Javon Howard for striking a man, by the way. And, and <laughs> let's let's not forget that. Maybe those are our catchphrases. Um, like we go to our Wikipedia. Yours yeah. <laughs> is Juwan Howard struck a man. man. Mine is DeAndre Aiden quit. Um <laughs> I want to shout out the city of New York, the greatest city in the world. Uh, yes. I'm here till Thursday, um, and I'm having a great time, too. This is actually, so far, jokes aside, this has been, knock on wood, not the worst trip I've ever had here. So, uh, <laughs> God, what a rousing endorsement. I had I had a couple good meals. Um, mm. We're staying in Soho this time, which... Oh, that's nice. I, I, like got in, I got in Saturday night right in, right in the middle of, like, the, the, the Soho douchebaggery. So, like, that was not a great start. <laughs> Like the flight got delayed, and then by the time I get into the city, it's like eleven thirty on a Saturday. And I get and the, the 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 cab drops me off in front of the hotel, and I just look around, and I was like, "There there must be some mistake. I can't be staying here. <laughs> this is not my seat, sir. sir." Let um, me back in. Yeah, please. please. <laughs> um, but so far so good. So I'll keep you posted. Next show, maybe I'll have a I'll have a full recap. Yeah, give me a New York update. You know I'm mean? gonna try to go yeah, to Mets game. A, a New York here. minute. I, I've been to I've been to Yankees games. I've never been to the Mets, and I think the Mets are playing well right now. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. If I, uh, the Mets are like one of the best teams in baseball right and, now. Yeah, they're Great playing the Cardinals. I think so. I hate the Cardinals. That'll be fun. Um, anything else, Jim? Are you on? You got anybody you want to shout out? Anything you want to shout out? A shout out, Giannis, for almost having a triple double in the first quarter and then quitting and not even getting a triple double in the rest of the game and Tate pretending like that. It didn't happen. Oh, that's a great point. Also, yeah. um, my man, yeah, Grayson yeah. Allen, poured in one point. So that's 
Jim's the only person that watched the Bucks and said Grace now and didn't have any help. He had three rebounds. <laughs> he had three rebounds. All defensive. <laughs> but I looked up the Giannis thing. I'm like, so did he get the triple double? Take going on and on. He's like, almost had a triple double in the first quarter. Jim, up, you're, he never got it. He's not but, a stat patter. Jim, your your new your new shtick on Twitter could be uh, every every NBA playoff game you watch. Honest quote. Whoever whoever the best player is on the team, um, just tweet that he is the best player in the world now. Like of the team that won, you know what <laughs> yes. I mean. Whoever went, like yeah. when Jimmy Butler, if, if the Heat beat the Celtics in Game One, just tweet Jimmy Butler is the best player in the world. I was um, I was thinking, you should you tweet Grant Williams the best players. Is the best player yeah. Who do name Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, who else? Luca, obviously. And Durant. Luca fourth. Durant. I don't know. We didn't. Durant, we didn't then I, Luca, I didn't rank them. I'm we just saying those top five. Fours, those, they're all those home. Five. Luca still in the playoffs, still playing. <laughs> Who's the best player in the world? Because the other guys aren't even players right now. They're viewers. Jim, you <laughs> should you should change who the best player in the world is based on what's happening. Who's in still alive? And then yeah. also, um, every time like a role player makes two baskets in a row, tweet that he needs more help. Who's the best player on the losing team? <laughs> he needs more help. Yeah. The best yeah. player on the losing team needs more help. The best player on the winning team is the best player in the world. That's how it works. Right. Yeah, Jason Tatum needs more help. Jimmy Butler, best, best player, player in the world. world. And then Until the game next two. series, quote, tweet it, and then do the just Grant flip whoever wins. Greatest <laughs> player in the world. Just keep quote tweeting it, uh, and then you end shout up Shout out Kristen Cunningham. Birthday. Oh, happy uh, yeah, birthday, happy Kristen. birthday. Your sister. All right, uh, that's it. That's the show. Uh, we are going to uh, go watch uh, some more basketball, and we'll be back. We, we got to do some college basketball talk today. We don't do enough college on the show. Yeah, you know? like I, yeah. we, we got to do a portal update or something. I think the people need to know what's going on. I think if I but, hear portal like one more time, like uh, my brain is going to break. And, and between John Rossi and tweeting portal combat like every thirty-five <laughs> minutes or so, I mean, we, we went to <laughs> we went to lunch with with John when he was in LA. That's and, right. Um, the man said Portal Combat no less than seven times. And to our faces. I, we weren't on air. I, I kept looking for the camera. Really? I was like, I was, I was like Truman Show when uh <laughs> when, when she his wife is like help, you know, into the camera. I was like looking yes. around, I was like, there's nobody here. Who are you talking yeah. to? Yeah, we were like, John, are we mic'd up? Do we need mics? Like, I mean, it was felt like a live podcast. Does he just say it like Portal Combat or does he yell yeah. it like Portal Dude, Combat? No, he just, he, just no, says he finishes it. sentences. Like, like John will be talking and you'll be having a conversation. And then he would somehow get back to like, and he was like, did you see so-and-so is going to Mercer? Phew. Portal Combat, man. Yeah. And you're like, how do we get here? Were, were we just talking about broccoli? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and Tate's like recounting Carolina's season. And he's like, you know, getting Brady Manick uh, really changed her. T- and then John would like cut in and be like, Portal Combat. It's like yes, of course, yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, Portal yeah. Combat. Anyway, yeah, uh, yes, John. <laughs> Does he sell T-shirts? Probably. Yeah, I, honestly, he sells, I, th- he sells I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was selling them to us. During, during Shout out, John oh, he's Fanta. amazing. Love John Fanta. Fanta covering oh. Big East softball. We need to do John power rankings. But uh, mm. Rostin, the, the reason you bring that up though is just to tell the people that Rostin is exactly off air who he is on air and on Twitter and everything else. The, what you see is what you get with that guy. So yeah. Did you him. see that he did a video from Nobu Malibu? Yes. That was, I think that was the tip of the iceberg for his California trip. That's when I was like, John, I was like, just shut it down after this one. This is, <laughs> this is, this um, is the money shot. <laughs> all right. That's it. I'm here till I'm here in New York till uh, Thursday. So uh, anybody listening, if you know of any bars in New York that are good, uh, please send them my way. Let me know. Um, I'm looking for a good bar in this city or, or a restaurant, any restaurants, bars, Ooh. Um, anything of the sort. Uh, that would be great. I would love to know. Um, I don't know if anybody has any recommendations, but we'll see. 
So mm. you, uh, you're doing the Rosillo thing right now where he like, you know, will ask a question, an innocuous question on Twitter, and then it's all replies, and then he gets his engagement up. That's what you're doing right what's, now. What's just, something that happened once is what he did one time. Yeah. <laughs> That was my favorite one. People quote tweeting. Oh, shout out to Rosillo, by the way. Taking a, taking it on the chin about Chris Paul. He 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 was riding Chris Paul forever and was the the, the most public Chris Paul defender um, until uh, until Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith came along. Am I right? Speaking of yeah. defending Chris Paul. Get it? Bang. Get it? Bang. Bing. Bing. Bada bing. <laughs> um, I feel bad for him, but also at the same time, uh, you have to remember, as Tony Bennett said, it, what, what do you say? It's always darkest before the dawn, or is that yeah. Florence and the Machine? I think um, that's Dark Night. <laughs> <laughs> joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's what Tony Bennett said when he lost to UMBC. So, yeah. Rosillo, as a guy who's been there, as a guy who rode for Virginia and watched him lose to a 16 seed, do not sell the stock now. Go down with the ship. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul is going to be bad. Buy the dip. What, buy what, the dip buy now. The dip? <laughs> Chris Paul's going to definitely win a title next year, and you're going to tell all the haters to suck it, I promise. Yeah. Um, all right. See you guys later.